Well, we would be lost without our moms. You know, people can be complicated and messy. I know that we all want to have great relationships, but relationships are like people. They're complicated and messy, and nobody knows that better than our mothers do. So let's give one more shout out to the moms here. Come on. We just appreciate you. Thank God for our moms. <laughs> you know, and, and some, of our, some of our moms, not just moms, but uh, a lot of our women were here at the church yesterday. Uh, we had a great gathering, our spring women's celebration, and a guest speaker uh, named Marcia Ramirez, a singer-songwriter from Nashville. And I know if you were here yesterday, you were blessed by that. I got a picture just kind of... Just to show you a snapshot of what yesterday was like, they had a great day and couldn't have, couldn't have happened without the volunteers that pulled that off. So thank you to everybody who was involved with that and thanks to those who came and I hope that you were blessed by it. <laughs> shout out to the ladies, shout out to the moms. You know, you got, you got to have some skills to be a mom. We're, we're not going to talk about mom skills today. I, I'm going to talk about general people skills and, and really that's the problem is People can be so tough to deal with. I, I feel like, uh, you know, me, you, you guys know Phil Miller, our connections pastor here, and, and we're friends, and, you know, I, I love working with that guy. But one thing we kind of sort of rib each other every once in a while, we say, man, ministry would be so great if it wasn't for the people, right? <laughs> people can be messy, and, and really that's the problem, is that it would be so much easier for us to just binge watch some Netflix or, you know, stay at home and I can order off of Amazon Prime. They'll just bring it right to my front door. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to deal with anybody. But if, if we're going to be more like Jesus, then we've got to grow in people's skills. Because there's nobody that knew better how to relate to others, how to understand, how, how to love. No one d- does that better than Jesus. No one's a more loving friend than the Lord. And we, if we're going to be like him, then we've got to become better at developing people skills and maturing in our walk with God. And I've got a few ways for you. Uh, if you want to plug in and you say, I, I want to get to know more people. What I want you to know is next Sunday, we're going to be starting a couple of Sunday morning groups. So if you've been looking for an opportunity to grow deeper, uh, we want to let you know about that. It's going to be in person here on Sunday morning, we've got opportunities both hours at 9.30 and 11. So if you come to the 9.30, you can go to a group at 11 or vice versa. And if you need some more information about that, uh, you can email us, call us, or you can swing by the Next Steps area. Then we'd be glad to talk to you about that. But also, we are right now working on gearing up for the fall and fall small group launches, which uh, we, we've got a lot of groups that we're really, really excited about and opportunities for you to just get to know. I mean, that was the coolest thing about the, the ladies' event last night. I heard so many different ladies that said it was so great just to be with some other people and hear some stories. That's what it's all about. And so we've got lots of opportunities coming down the line. And if you're interested in hosting a group, knowing more about a group, opportunities, please stop by Next Steps. Email, you can email Phil at phil at fairdalechristian.org. Uh, but we, we're just looking forward to that. But uh, we're, uh, as we grow in our people skills, thankfully, Jesus gives us an example for living with people so that we can get the skills that we need to grow in our friendships. Now, there's times when I'm, when I'm preaching, I'm doing a sermon series. There are times that we dig into a particular passage of Scripture. Like I'll say, we're going to study this book or we're going to study this section. And we really dig down into it. What, are the, what do these words mean? And it's important that we do that and we need to do that sometimes. 
But this series is going to be a little bit different than that. Instead of just looking at one scripture, I'm going to be looking at a variety of different passages, kind of jumping around a little bit. But the, the purpose of that is because I want us to dig into the personality and the character of Jesus. Who is he? What are the things that make him so wonderful? And how do we grow to become more like him? What are the character traits that should be maturing within us? And, and I don't know if you recognize this or not, but people are interesting. People are really, they're really, I don't know if you're any people watchers in here, but if you just go out to Walmart someday and watch people, you'll know they're fascinating. <laughs> they are interesting. I love it when I see somebody, I'm like, man, what, what is the story there, the t-shirt with the big hole? And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but there's something happened there and I, I need to know what it is. But you just, just try this on for size. Just think about this for a minute. When you're around people, that's the closest that you're going to get to God in this life. Just let that soak for a second. Now, I know we just got out of that series, but just think about that. When you're around people, that's the closest you're going to get to God until you get to heaven. And why do I say that? Because the scripture tells us that we are made in the image of God. You know, I love being out in nature I'm, I'm kind of a nature dude. I mean, I'm not like a camper, but I do like being out and, you know, taking a hike. And, and, and there's something about that that helps me feel like, you know, I'm connecting with God a little bit more. I'm out in your creation. But, you know, you can stare at a tree or you can stare at a bird or a horse. And, and none of those things are, are created in the image of God. Only one entity was created in the image of God, and that's you and me. Isn't that something? People are interesting. There's something We've got to understand there's something about us. We reflect something about God to each other. 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us this, that we Christians, we followers of Jesus, have no veil over our faces. We can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. As we're growing, as we're developing, you are becoming more like Jesus. I think that's awesome. That, that to me is almost kind of a mystery. How does it all work? I can't completely explain it to you, but I love it. And, and, and none of us fully and completely reflect who God is. None of us are God. None of us are perfect, but all of us have aspects. We've got, I, I think about it this way, we've got the fingerprints of God all over us. And you see that. We get a glimpse. When we look at each other, we, we get a glimpse of God. Now, my favorite story on that, and I've, I think I've told it here before, is my father-in-law. Uh, he just retired from the ministry 47 years, I think, in ministry. One of the best, he's one of the best pastors I've ever met in my life. This guy is just, the, he's a pastor's pastor. And uh, love my father-in-law. They're going to be here in the second service. But uh, one, of the, one of the stories that, uh, on him when he was working in, in, at the church, they had a preschool that met in their church building during the week. And so a lot of kids would be in the building and running around. And occasionally, my father-in-law, Tim's his name, he would go downstairs and say hi to the kids and, yay, high fives and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they had a story that came back to him. One of the moms said, you're not going to believe what my kid said yesterday. And my kid was so excited, he came home from preschool. He said, Mom, Jesus came to our class today. <laughs> they said, what are, you, what are you talking about? What, it, Tim, 
Tim came by. And I just thought that's such a great story. But the thing I think about, when I, whenever I think about my father-in-law, I think about that story. Is when was the last time that somebody confused you with Jesus? When was the last time that we were reflecting him so well that someone couldn't tell where you start and Jesus ends? That we're becoming more, we're being transformed more and more into his image. And this is what I really want to drill down on today. Is that, that we're interesting people, but I want us to be even more interesting. There's something about that people skill when you say, man, that person is really interesting. I really want that to be said of us. I want us to be interesting people. I want us to be like that old guy. You remember the Dos Equis commercial, the most interesting man in the world. I love that guy. That's who I want to be, and, and he's my hero. How do we do that? I, I hope that you'll remember this, is that interesting people are interested in people. Interesting people, they have a genuine interest in others. They are curious about, we wonder, we're, we're thoughtful, curious about other people. Let's say you go out to a party, you're out at somebody's house, somebody invites you over for dinner, so you go spend the evening, you know, you're out two, three, four hours, whatever, at somebody else's house. When you leave there, do you feel exhausted or energized? You know, the food could be great. They could have a nice place, you know, pool table, whatever. You're just hanging out. But when you leave, there's a definite difference. You know, I've been to lots of people's houses, and sometimes, a lot of times, I leave, and I'm like, man, that was great. I really enjoyed my time there. And other times, I'm like, I'm ready for bed. That was exhausting. I'm wore out. What's the difference there? I'm going to argue, you know, I've talked about this before with relationships. That every relationship in your life, you can sum it up as a plus or a minus. You've got people that add value to your life, and you've got those that drain away from. And what is one of the major differences, I'm going to argue, is that it's somebody who knows how to ask good questions. When you went to somebody's house, did they ask you questions? Were they interested in you, or did they just talk about themselves the whole time? And just kind of drain away and suck the life out of you. This is what I want to look at today. Part of what makes Jesus so irresistibly attractive is that he's curious about people. God, think, think about this. God in the flesh is curious. He's curious enough to ask questions of us. I want to do a little, little survey here. You think about the New Testament, right, and the, the account of Jesus. We've got four books in the New Testament, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They, that's, that's what we've got that kind of records Jesus' ministry and his life. In that, those four little books, how many questions do you think are recorded that Jesus asked? Think about that for a second. Now turn to the person next to you and tell them what your answer is. What, what do you think it is? All right, ready? It would surprise you to know 307. 307 times. There's 307 times that our Lord and Savior asked somebody a question. Now, some of the times it was rhetorical. Some of the times it was that he'd been painted in a corner and it was his way of getting around what they, these people were trying to nail him. They were trying to, you know, nail him down. And this is his way of getting around what they were trying to do. But most often he's just genuinely asking questions of people. How many questions 
do you ask? Because all of us, we all have the capacity to be interested in others. You may say, well, I don't know. I'm not really a people person. I don't care. I don't care if you're a people person or not. We have the ability. We have the the fingerprints of God on us. We have the capacity to take interest in other people. And, And I believe that what makes us interesting is the ability to ask good questions. Now, many of you know we've been in the process right now of hiring a new youth minister and that process going along just fine we've we've been you know taking lots of uh resumes and meeting with candidates and interviews and and all this sort of thing that's interesting and if you've ever sat on that end of the table if you've ever interviewed anybody before you know that kind of a interesting thing you got lots of questions that you want to ask and we've been doing it we've been we've been firing lots of questions and 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 the, the thing that is interesting to me is nine times out of ten we'll be meeting with somebody and you know, firing these questions. And we always give an opportunity. We'll say, now, do you have any questions of us? And nine times out of ten, the candidate will say, hmm, no, I don't think so. That does not impress me. <laughs> I, I'm not impressed by that. I just, I just think that it shows genuine interest when you, you're thoughtful enough to say, well, you know, I, I would like to ask something. You know, even if it's like, hey, what color blue is that on your shirt there? You know, I don't care what it is. Just it's, it's showing a genuine interest that, hey, I'm, I want to know more. I, I want to be considered or taken seriously. I want you to know that I care. We had one guy that we've uh, interviewed, and we fired a bunch of questions and kind of got, and he had some really good questions for us. I thought, well, that's great. Then we got to the end of the, uh, the, end of the interview, and things kind of got relaxed at that point. So we're, we're done with business now. We're just kind of shooting the breeze a little bit. And I thought it was interesting. This guy, he says, so I just got to know, Every, everybody, what's your top movie of all time? Like if you're flipping through the channels and you see it on, you've got to stop and you've got to watch it. All of a sudden, the whole interview team, we're like, oh, man, I like Shawshank Redemption. Anytime that's on there, I have to stop. Or Forrest Gump, man, that is my all-time. I mean, we're all of a sudden, we're talking movies. We're talking stories. We're talking memories. And there was a moment that I'm sitting there, I thought, this guy's good. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. You know? But, but I, there's something about taking an interest in someone else and when we there's one place in the scripture in john chapter one where jesus is uh he's just he's just getting ready to start his ministry and he's passing by a group of people and john the baptist who has been kind of preparing the way he's got a big group of followers and john the baptist sees jesus passing by and he says look there's the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world And it says that a couple people started following after Jesus right then and there. And this is what happened in John 1. It says the two disciples heard him and they went after Jesus. And Jesus looked back over his shoulder and he said to them, them, what are you after? I think that's a great question. What are you looking for? What is it that you're seeking? Man, I, I think that's a, I'd like to know that from many of you. You're here, and, and I'm glad that you're here. I mean, we truly are genuinely honored that you're here and sharing a little bit of Mother's Day with us. But I'd kind of like to know, what is it that you're after? What are you looking for? You know, what, what, what drew you in today? You know, I think as no matter what the relationship we have with somebody else, I mean, those of us who are parents, that'd be a great question to ask your kids, even your adult kids. 
you know, maybe you say, I, I don't understand, I don't know what to do, my kid is kind of going off wild, and we didn't raise him that way, I don't know what to do. Maybe just instead of trying to hammer and throw, you know, my opinions, my advice, hey, why won't you do this? If we could just kind of step back and say, hey, what is it that you're after? What is it that you're looking for? What are you seeking in life? If we could just never stop asking questions. In Matthew 21, Jesus is teaching and he's telling some parables. You know, Jesus often spoke in parables, these stories that have a deeper meaning. And he's, he's getting ready to tell all of his followers this really, really great parable about what God asks us to do. But before he tells them the story, this is what he says in Matthew 21, verse 28. He says, I'm going to tell you a story and tell me, what do you think about this? What's your opinion? About this story that I'm getting ready to tell. Now you think about. And I, I found that so interesting this week. As I'm looking through some of these questions that Jesus asked. You'd think that if you were listening to Jesus. Who is the source of all information. I mean there's not. I know nothing. I, I just want to be a sponge. Right. I just want to soak up anything and everything that he's got to say. But Jesus flips it around. and says now I'm going to tell you a story. But, but here put your thinking cap on. Tell me what, what you think about this story. What's your opinion? I hear people say, uh, you know, I, I don't understand. I'm trying to share my faith with people. I'm, tr- I'm trying to help people know Jesus. You know, at work, I talk about the Lord. I've got a neighbor that I've been trying to talk to, and, and they're not responding. And I just don't understand why. Some of you, that's, that's your story even with your kids. He said, I, I just don't get this. I, we raised the kids. We brought them to church. We tried to do the right things. Now they have no interest in the Lord. And I keep, I keep talking to them. And I keep telling them. But they're just not responding. I don't know why they're not responding. I, I can't figure this out. Have you tried asking them? Hey, what do you think about this stuff? What's your opinion? You know, you, you've been around it. You know, we brought you to church. You've heard a lot of the... The story of the gospel, you've heard that. What, what, what's your thoughts? Tell me. And then to listen to what they say. You know, say, I, I want to know where you're at. I'm interested in you because interesting people are interested in people. This is important. When it comes to our relationships, it doesn't matter if with your kids, with your spouse, with your nieces or nephews or grandkids or friends, coworkers, you know, or in all of them, we gotta keep, we gotta keep working at it. This is the key about relationships just because you're a parent you know you've got you've got kids having children doesn't make you a parent any more than owning a car makes you a mechanic you're thank you You, to be a mechanic you got to work on the car to be a parent you got to keep working on the relationships to be a good husband to be a good wife to be a great friend whatever you got to keep working on it you don't just Hit the cruise control button. We've got to continue to work on our relationships and developing people skills. If we're going to keep digging into Jesus' personality and his character. Here's another question that he asked. I told you I'm going to bounce around on you a little bit. But Matthew 20. This is, this is an interesting, man, this is an interesting passage. It says, two blind men were sitting beside the road. So you got that picture, right? You got the image. They're begging. They're blind. And when they heard that Jesus was coming that way. They began shouting, saying, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd yelled at them, be quiet, be quiet. But they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And when Jesus heard them, he stopped and he called out 
what do you want me to do for you? Great question. And now you may read that and think, wasn't it obvious? Like, isn't it obvious like what these guys wanted? But I, I would say, well, you know, being blind is not the worst thing that can happen to a human being. Maybe there was something worse going on in their life. We don't know what was going on. And Jesus is giving them a chance to open up. He's not making assumptions. He's asking, what, what is it that you want me to do for you? How can I help you right now? What is your greatest need? And I'll tell you as a pastor, a lot of times people say, hey, can I meet with you? I, I just need, I, I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes or something. I'm like, oh, absolutely, sure, I'd be glad to. And people come in and all of a sudden it's like the tissues are flying, they're crying, and oh, they're pouring their heart out and talking about these things going on in their life. And the whole time the wheels are spinning in my brain. Like, what, what do they need? How can I help them? What is it? Do they, do they, maybe, maybe they need money or do they need uh, advice or what, 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 what direction can I point them in? What, what is it that they're here? They need something. So how do I fix? I'm kind of a fixer, right? So I'm like, how can I fix this situation? And I started asking the question a while ago of what, how, how can I help you? As they're pouring their heart, I'm like, how can I help? What is it that I can do for you? And, I mean, 99% of the time, people kind of stammer around. And they're like, well, I, 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 don't, I don't really know. I, I'm not sure. And I don't know. Maybe pray for me or something. And I've realized they don't need me to do anything. They need somebody to listen. They just want to talk. They need a shoulder to cry on. They need somebody to listen and to care. I mean, we, we just can't overlook how important that is. And that's what I think about with Jesus. He didn't make assumptions. He didn't try to barge his way in and say, I know what you need. I know how to fix this. Now, Megan and I have gotten to the point in our marriage that we're, we're there where we, one person is kind of, you know, just kind of going off and letting her rip. And the other person will say, hey, are you looking for solutions right now or do you just need to release the pressure valve a little bit? And nine times out of ten, it's like, I don't need a solution. I just need to kind of grind, you know, grow what is the word? <laughs> I need to complain, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. You know, and it's usually me, you know, that's doing that. But, but, you know, I just need to vent a little bit. If Jesus asked you that question right now, think about this. If Jesus asked you right now, what do you want me to do for you? How would you answer? How would you respond to that? that I, I could do anything you want. What is it? That you want me to do for you right now. And for some of you, it'd be like money. Others of you, it'd be like, I need, there's a relationship that needs fixed. You know, we're, we're broken. I, I don't know what to do. Some of you, it's, it's a, I, I need healing. You know, or I, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm, you know, I, I don't know what it is for you. But a lot of, you can think of something right now. And some of you, it just could be a reassurance about something. But I love to think about that because I think that the Lord does prompt us that way. If Jesus was asking, what, what could I do for you, what would you say? There's another really fascinating, this is, this is one of my favorite accounts in the New Testament. In John 5, the Bible says that afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. And inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pole of Bethesda with five covered porches. And crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, would lay on the porches. So you got, you got the picture. I mean, it's just kind of this place where all these sick people would hang out, and they're just in misery. And one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. He'd been laying there. 
I'm getting ready to turn 30. Well, I just turned 37. I haven't even been alive as long as this guy had been laying there, just sick and miserable. And when Jesus saw him, and he knew he'd been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I think that's one of the greatest questions in the Bible. It just shows a little bit of the personality in the heart of our Lord. You may look at that and think, man, he's being kind of cruel. Why would he ask that question, you know? I mean, the guy is messed up. It's been a long, hard road for this guy. And Jesus comes along, oh, would you like to get well? You know, it's, it's like, was that the way he asked the question? I don't think that's what it was at all. It's amazing to me how quickly we become comfortable in our dysfunction. Because there's a lot of people, and I know a lot of them, and you do too, that say, I'm quite comfortable being miserable, thank you very much. I'm divorced and bitter, and I like it this way. Don't need no man, don't need no woman, I'm happy, I'm good. I am happy the way that I am, and I don't need anything, you know. And, and there are a lot of people, there are a ton of people who are quite satisfied being a perpetual spiritual seeker. Yeah, I don't really want to connect with God. I don't really want to grow. I don't want to get in a, in a group or, or develop or mature. I just want to be get tingly-wingly feelings. So come on, turn up the guitar a little bit and make me feel something. And then Monday I'm going to go right back to my life and do, because I, I, don't want to, I don't want to get beyond that at all. We're quite comfortable where I am. I don't want to be connected. There are plenty of people that are content dragging their problems around we jump from problem to problem or relationship to relationship and we bring all that baggage right back into the next one because we are truthfully we don't want to be well we like we kind of like where we're at and i kind of like complaining about it and we we got all of this we we, we and, and jesus i think he he sees the heart of that and he's asking do you want to grow beyond this do you want to be well? I, I, uh, I've had a problem for several years. I mean, this is like five years. Where uh, I would go to bed at night, and I have to use like four pillows to prop myself up because I will fall asleep, and then I'll have like this heartburn, like this acid reflux thing, where as I'm sleeping, it, it comes up, and then I breathe it in, and, it, and I'll start coughing and choking. I feel like I'm drowning. It is terrible. It would happen to me almost every night. Miserable. And I'm, I mean, I'm gagging and going. I mean, it's just disgusting and it's terrible. But I mean, this was going on for me for years. And I was taking, you know, heartburn pills and popping like two Prilosec a day. And it's like got to the point where it's not doing anything. And, and the thing is, I know, I knew what was causing it. I wasn't eating the way I needed to be. And I was eating too late at night. And I wasn't getting enough exercise. Like, it's not rocket science. I know exactly why this is happening. But there came a moment in, in my life, you know, about a year and a half ago, where I thought, do I really want to live the rest of my life this way? Like, do I, or do I want to be well? And for me, I started changing some of those habits, changing what I was eating, and I started going to the gym a little bit, and guess what? Voila, it's gone. No magic pills, no special formula, no medication. It's just gone. And it's like, oh, I kind of knew that the whole time. I knew that was the way it was going to happen. But it's like, you know, you, you get to that point. I think we all do in our lives where if we are going, do, do I want to be who God's created me to be? Do I want to be well or I, am I content in this messed up place? And, and really the, the next part of what we've got to understand, if we're going to develop people skills by becoming more like Jesus, 
we've got to be committed because interesting people are interested in people we're curious about curious enough to ask questions but then we're committed enough to listen and to love them and the stories that we love more than anything else the stories that get us so excited you know we see a video on youtube or whatever on the news station about a couple they're like 125 years old they're wrinkled as a couple of prunes they've been together since 1918 you know when titanic sank you know they were dating and it's like they you know, we we love those stories and we we always ask what's the secret you've been married like 60 70 80 years whatever what's the secret how did you guys do it they always stick a microphone in those couples face like what is the secret here and you know what it always is is commitment is where two people decide you know what i'm sticking with you I'm sticking with you. Now, I may want to light you on fire some days, but I'm sticking with you. That's called commitment. And man, I'm telling you, commitment makes you more like Jesus. Jesus is committed. God is committed. If you don't believe me, look at Luke 19, verse 10. It says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. He says he didn't come to serve, or to be served. He didn't come so we could make a big deal of him. He came so that he could serve and give his life. That's commitment. And you may have a lot of questions about God and about Jesus, but one thing that you cannot question is this, this man, Jesus, he loved well. He cares. He's interested in people. It's a lot of love to be committed enough to give your life for somebody. That's why we love to serve. That's why we want to be a church that's about those that aren't yet a part of us. You know, we, we love to give back to our community because we serve a generous God. So we want to be a generous people. We don't want to ask the community to give. We want to give to the community. And, and when you serve, when you go on a mission trip, or when you give to help someone in need, guess what? You become the most interesting person in that person's life. When you do something that is radically generous, you become a very interesting person because anyone who knows that, anyone that knows you is going to say, why would you do that? What made you do that? And how did you decide what to do? And what, how did you know which organization to partner with? And wow, your, your church cares about people? Isn't that so odd? Isn't that sad that that's kind of... Like not the, the, it's not the rule anymore. It's kind of the exception. Wow, you're, you guys actually care about other people, huh? How, how curious, how odd, how weird is how interesting. And you do, you become interesting when you do that. And you definitely become more like Jesus. The least committed people are always the least interesting. People that have no commitment to anything. There's nothing interesting about them. But those who are committed, they have something of value to offer. And that's fascinating. There's something about that that intrigues us. Interesting people are interested in people. When you ask, when you're curious enough to ask questions, and you're committed enough to listen to the answers, you learn, you gain a layer of understanding about a person, and maybe you gain a layer of understanding about God. There's one last thing you've you got to know, and this is going to improve all of our relationships, is Humility. It's humility. And humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's what it means. It takes a great deal of humility to develop people skills to be interested in other people. You know, and, and when you're humble, you're asking questions. You're not trying to bring attention to yourself. You know, this isn't all about me. You're honestly wanting to know more about 
people around you. You honestly want to know more about what, how your kid's day was. You honestly want to know how, how was your spouse's day at work. You honestly want to know your neighbor, like, hey, what are you guys into? And, you know, hey, you know, tell, me, tell me a little bit more about your guys' story, your background, whatever. That's one of the things that kills our relationships. Those of you that are married or you hope to be married one day. Those of you with kids or you hope to have kids one day or your grandkids. You've got to spend time investing in other people. It's just no, there's just no other way around it. You can be, you, oh, but I just buy all the latest toys. My kids have the newest iPhones, and they got the greatest Xboxes, and they got everything. I mean, it's all, I just spend and spend, and we take great vacations, and we do all this stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now that it means nothing if you're not investing in them. It's all about the investment. Asking good questions. Asking good questions and actually listening. And that, that's it. That, that's the big secret. You know, people always wonder, what's the secret? What's the key? How can I have great relationships? Healthy communication, healthy relationships, it's when you ask questions and you listen. That's what's it. it. That's all that it's about. And, and you're learning something about that person. It's, it's virtually impossible to have a relationship with a narcissist. It is. It is virtually impossible to have a great relationship with somebody who is narcissistic because eventually, I mean, it's always about them. It's always about elevating them. And every conversation and every time you're with them, it always circles back to that person. And we've got to be honest. We've got to ask ourselves. We've got to look deep and really be honest with ourselves when we look in the mirror and say, am I more of a prideful person than maybe I think I am? Do I, do I struggle with relationships? Is it a pride issue for me? Philippians 2. This is one of those step-on-your-toes scriptures. It says this. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit in the church, if that means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself, I love this, forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. That's what it looks like to be the church. That's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And when you can do this, when you can choose to to not think less of yourself, but to think of yourself less and look for ways to ask good questions and be to be curious enough to ask good questions, to be committed enough to listen and humble enough to really let it absorb and get to know somebody else. When you do that, you will become an interesting person. And in the process, you will become more like Jesus. And that is somebody that people love to be around. Now, I got a challenge for you today. As you leave, we're going to have some volunteers out in the lobby that have these cards, say people skills, and they're, they got a little tape on them so you, you can't see. We call these car ride questions. And this is, what I, this is what I want you to do, is as you leave here today, I'm sure a lot of you are going to the restaurant, or you've you got lunch plans, you've got something going on. Here's what I want you to do. And ladies, this is where I really can get you to help. Take this card in the car, open it up, and read the question inside of it. And everybody answer. And let it be a discussion. Now, my ground rule, every time we've done this, I've always got one rule and one rule only. 
Do not let this become a fight. <laughs> let it become a discussion. I always say feelings are neither right nor wrong. They're just feelings. So ask the question, answer, have some great discussion, ask great questions of each other. And mom, listen, if you've got the family with you, be sure to get your picture taken before you leave today. We'd love to do that. Grab some donuts. Just appreciate you guys so much. Let me pray, and then we're going to be dismissed. Let's stand together, and I'll, I'll have a prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for the people that you have put in our lives, that we have an opportunity to, to get to know others and to, to just enjoy life together and, and enjoy your presence. And it's just, we're just so blessed in so many ways. And Lord, I pray for these men and women here today that you would help us to look for ways to grow deeper and mature and become more like your son. Help us to love each other. Help us to be concerned not just with our own needs, but to look for the needs of those around us and look for ways to meet them. Lord, help us to be interesting by being interested in others. I thank you, Lord, that you are interested in us, that you love us, and that Jesus gave his life for us, and one day we're going to spend eternity with you, and we look forward to that. Just thank you, Lord, for loving us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.